Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I'm your host. I'm Shemaine Laney. I'm a nutritional therapist, certified iridologist, and integrative health practitioner. I'm very happy to have you back with me. We have a very, very special guest on today some might say almost famous guest on today but before we get into the topic I want to remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes so today we welcome on Mariah Shane some of you may recognize him from his role in the TV show Bones, but that's not all he does. So Mariah studied at University of Southern California where he completed a bachelor's. And that was when he started working as an actor. And through his career, not only did he appear in Bones, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, but also The Handler, Criminal Minds, and a show called Tales, which I've never heard about. And he also appeared in the films Constantine and Babysitter. Then in 2013, he started working as vice president of marketing and creative director for the brand More Hair Naturally. And he's also a freelance graphic designer and has many, many awards. And we're delighted to have him on with us today. And actually... Mariah, to start our conversation, welcome. But Thanks. I'm very curious to know, one day you're an actor, the next day you're obsessed with hair. What the hell yeah. happened there? Well, okay, so growing up in LA, I've always just been around, around movies and TVs. So acting is something I've just always done for fun. Mm -hmm. It's always like something I kind of fell into and it's just, it's a fun thing for me to do when I do it. That, that's that's pretty much it. Um, the hair thing is a different story, though. That actually came about like your introduction was great, but you're picking up things that like like graph freelance graphic designer. That was that was years ago. Um, but so basically, what how this happened? The hair, the whole hair thing was that. So okay, growing up, we've always been very much into my family and myself have always been into natural solutions and natural remedies, you know, cause I mean, in theory, our bodies have been on this planet for millions of years and we've, we've evolved synergistically with nature for all that time. So mm -hmm. our theory was anything that we need to keep our bodies strong and surviving at the optimum level is in nature it's there because it's been there for millions of years. That's how we've been existing. So not much has changed in that relationship other than our mindsets. So we've always focused on like, okay, if something's wrong with our bodies, let's find that element in nature that's gonna help strengthen or boost that part of our body that's responsible for taking care of that condition and get our body fixing itself and functioning the way it's supposed to function. Cause our bodies are meant to survive. We're meant to live we're meant to thrive. So that's been our approach. Now, when it comes to hair loss, every man in my family is bald. 
It just is. That's just how my family is. And I'm thrilled to have what I have. So <laughs> so when my father started losing his hair, he he started freaking out and panicking. This was probably in the 90s, I would say, somewhere in there. And so he started the mallets and the big mop days too, which yeah, makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he started losing his hair. And so he was like, Well, what do I do? Because there was nothing, there's no, there's always been like natural remedies. Like one a while ago it was like chicken poop, rub chicken poop on your head. Another one that's still around today is onion, like they put onion juice on your head, which actually has a little bit of truth and the sulfur the sulfuric content's really good but you're never gonna get it enough by just putting onions on your head you're just gonna smell bad and be sad because <laughs> you smell bad um so so he so he went down the drug route it was the same drugs that are available today were made in the 70s and that's pretty much what you know when you think hair loss so that's what he started doing and he got really sick he he's lost his energy became lethargic he started getting uh, body pains he started growing breasts because it altered his hormones. And he's like, whoa, 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 this is not working out. And my mother's from Italy. And so she contacted, she was just talking to a cousin there and was like, hey, yeah, this is what's going on, just catching up. And the cousin mentioned like, you know, there's this little um, pharmacy. It was, it was a lab that they've called a pharmacy. There's this little, there's this little like- Legal pharmacy. pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's this, there was this little pharmacy down the street and they're doing some very exciting um, things in the natural they're coming up with some cool solutions for hair loss and it's all natural stuff and so my mom was like well send us some so she sent it over and my father started seeing some results and then long story short we became their North American distributors and at that point we we're like let's figure out what let's start learning about this because now <laughs> now we have a little business we should probably know what we're talking about and what we're doing so, so it's, it, it was a family business, it's still a family business. And so we started like investigating, like what is hair loss? What would actually cause this hair loss? So we had this product that was from Italy and we were just selling it and it was great, but the results, you know, and it was great. So we started just riding that wave. And then once we started learning more about what hair loss is and what causes hair loss and the elements of hair loss, we're like, this could be better. Like this is, this is good, but it could be better. So we started researching like well, what's happening in the world of hair loss because, because you know, science didn't go to sleep in 1970s when they released all those, the popular drug products. Like people have been researching hair loss still, even though there's no new products available, people have to have been researching it. So we started research, started looking at like what's happening in, in the world. So we went, started going through medical journals and we were finding all these amazing studies relating to stem cells, probiotics, amino acids, all these really powerful, powerful ingredients that were getting these incredible results in laboratory studies, but none of them were in products. So at that point, we're like, well, how come these aren't in products? So we found a lab here in California and we're like, listen, here's all these really cool studies that are going on all over the world. Can we take all these ingredients from these studies that are, that are getting these great results and put them in one product, but at the same clinical level that's getting the results in the lab studies. Mm. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't know, let's see. Cause the, the lab specializes, it's a big, it's a big lab that specializes in natural scientific formulations. And so we're like, well, let's see what we can do. Mm. And it took a couple of years. And then eventually we, uh, they were able to do it. 
And so at that point, we moved everything to California. We moved all our operations to California and we started manufacturing all our own products. And we started um, every product that we released from that point on, we did it with that mentality. Like what element of hair loss do we want to address? What's being done in the world in labs and studies to address that? And then how do we get that into a single product using all those multiple ingredients? And so that's been our approach going forward. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then that's how I ended up. That's how, and eventually that's how, that's how we evolved as a company to where we are today. So with the work you've done so far and all the research Mm -hmm. you've done, anytime I'm addressing hair loss, people ask about hair loss. People want to look good and that's totally okay. It's a big deal. Yeah. It is. It's important. I think, well, here's it looking good. It's it it's essential and it's not essential to look good for anybody else it's essential that you feel like you look good mm. you know that's what matters cuz cuz when you don't feel like you look cuz vanity has a bad rap but yeah. it should but vanity shouldn't being a dick should have a bad rap yes. <laughs> well you know? it kind of does, i think that, that's not cool but cuz a lot of people associate like vanity with those jerks in the movies you know yeah. that are flipping oh, their hair so in being, love with themselves yeah and they're being mean to everybody and you know that that's what people associate vanity with but but it's the reason why it's so important is because your your physical is going to affect your mental 100%. it just yeah 100 percent. so like when you look at yourself in the mirror if you have on like a slamming dress or a really nice suit, you're like, oh yeah, I feel great. Today's the day it's going to happen. You know, but if you're just like in your sweats from the weekend, you're like, maybe eat chips and watch a movie. You know, there's, and it's just, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's just that, and that's strictly physical affecting mental. And when you have attention on your body and we have attention on body issues, be it your weight, your muscles, your hair, your skin, when you go out into the world, you're not 100% because part of you is stuck in hoping no one notices those things that you are thinking about. So you're kind of hiding, you're introverting a little bit, even though you're in the world, you're still introverting. And when you hold yourself back, it kind of it kind of repels people a little bit because okay, people are- Confidence as well. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Exactly, because people are attracted to interest. When you- have a hundred percent focus and interest in somebody else, they lighten up and they beam up and they they want to know what's happening and what's who is this, what's going on. But when you're kind of holding back and sucking back just a little bit, you know, it's harder to make your life be great. It's harder to get out there and really engage and move forward. So I think it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture. It's about, it's really is about like if you have something in your body that's concerning you and that you have attention on, you got to take those actions to, 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 to fix it, to get your attention off your body. But the trick is you don't even have to hit your goal. Like, cause if you, if you feel like, like when, when, when I go work out, when I go to the gym, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm looking at myself, I don't have my six pack. You know, but then, but I go, I work out hard for an hour and I'm a little numb and I can't really move right. And I look at myself, I look exactly the same, but I'm like, oh yeah, it's happening. This is great. And I feel great. I'm like, let's take it. Let's do it. The day's begun. And that's just because 
I'm taking the actions to get there. And those actions in themselves change my confidence level and they change my focus level. I'm not there yet, but I know that I'm taking those actions. So it's as if I have that same confidence that I would have if I had hit that goal. Mm -hmm. There's a saying that I use with my clients a lot, and it, it is the process is more important than the end result. So when you feel like you're making progress, you really feel fulfillment. Yeah. If I, if I, like you said, if I do my hair, do my makeup, get my good workout, I stand taller. Yeah. I feel more confident. Mm -hmm. When you look at how people stand, I really think you can, it says a lot about them and where they are in their mental health. So when you take care of yourself, even if you're not at the end results, you know you're making some sort of progress. Mm -hmm. You give off a completely different energy and your chances of success in the other areas of your life are increased a lot more as well. And back to the vanity, like it does get such a bad rap. Oh my God, she loves herself or she's so vain. No, we all want to look good. And we it's important, so important to take care of yourself. So important. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that gets very overlooked when we push our problems onto the medical system and others. You right. have to help yourself. And that's where we come in to teach people of these other options that there are Absolutely. out there. It's so true. But the thing is on that, it's like, since since I'm you know in the hair world, somebody could have like thin hair with weird patches of baldness all over, but they feel great mm -hmm. about themselves and they feel great about how how they look. Then that's awesome. Then that because they kind of hit the goal. You know that's great. And so it's not so it doesn't matter like what society's viewpoint or what the magazine's viewpoint of what an ideal is. It's really your own personal perception of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's that's all. Because we've all met those people who aren't classically handsome or aren't classically beautiful, yet we find ourselves extremely attracted to them. Not not, not like in like a, a relationship kind of way, but just like in a physical like, ooh, I want to know this person. I want to be part of this person's world. Who is this person? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's and, and even though they're not like classically or per the magazines or tv beautiful there's or handsome we want to engage with them because they have that because they, they're they don't have a consideration on themselves their their focus is out and we're mm -hmm. we're drawn to that mm -hmm. so that that's really the goal of handling your considerations on your body yeah it doesn't affect you moving forward mm -hmm. totally so we when we first started out i mentioned that the goal of this podcast is to teach people about mm -hmm. their body. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of female and male followers. Yeah. And as they transition through life, they start to experience hair loss. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it really does affect them a lot. Right. I do know people who start on finasteride and we can even comment on the issues with that. I know because I'm Irish. Mm -hmm. So in Ireland and England, people will go to Turkey to get hair implants. Yeah. Here, here too. Here well, too. It's, 
I don't hear of it as much here. And I wonder, is it because Ireland is closer to Turkey and it's right. easier to get there, um, which is almost a running joke in Ireland. Actually, we're like, oh, so-and-so is going to Turkey to get their hair done. Kind right. But, but it does affect people and women, as we're already dealing with a lot as we're transitioning through perimenopause and menopause and to throw in the fun hair loss is just like, okay, what next? Right, totally. <laughs> so can you... Explain to my followers, what's the deal with this? How does it happen? What's causing yes. the hair loss? Great. Okay. So 90, so there's, there's a lot of reasons for hair loss. There's stress, there's hormones, there's medications, there's illness, there's environmental toxins, but 97% of hair loss is caused by genetics. Now, genetics isn't scary when you understand what's actually happening. And here's, there's two factors that really cause genetic hair loss. And once you understand those, you, you have a really better idea of like how to handle it, which is cool, which is one of the things that we found early on, which gave us so much confidence in like, wait, we could actually really make a difference in people's lives. So, so in, on our, on our, on our hair follicles, we have inherited receptor sites, which for a visual would be these little potholes. So a pothole isn't scientific, but it's a it's a good visual. So let's just stick with it. Okay. So what happens is you inherit these potholes. You can either inherit a lot of these little potholes or a few of the potholes. So now when our bodies break down testosterone, male hormone testosterone, part of that breakdown process, it creates a byproduct called DHT. Now this isn't a big deal. It's generally just excreted through the body. However, as it passes by the follicle, it gets stuck in these little potholes. And over time, as more and more gets stuck, it begins to cut the blood flow off to the follicle. So as more and more DHT gets stuck, less and less blood starts to get delivered. The follicle gets thinner and thinner, eventually starts shedding faster and faster, and eventually it just dies. Mm -hmm. So now how much so how much you, hair loss you will have is determined by one, how many of these little potholes you inherit it, and two, how much DHT is your body producing, which is the result of testosterone. So like, so if you inherit, so you could have tons of these little potholes, but you don't produce a lot of DHT. Mm -hmm. So therefore you will have hair loss, but you'll have it much later in life because it's going to take that much longer for all the DHT to latch on to the follicle. But if you have very few of these little potholes that you inherited, but you're producing tons and tons of testosterone, tons and tons of DHT, then you're going to have hair loss kind of early on, which is why sometimes people will be like, I'm the only one in my family that has hair loss. You know, I'm, I'm 25, I'm 30 and I'm losing my hair, but all my brothers and sisters look great. You know, it's it's most likely because they're producing a lot more testosterone, a lot more DHT than their fellow family members. Um, so that that's the overall arcing, like general cause. Like again, there's specific other reasons, but that's like the big one. So what we were looking at is like we don't want to alter hormones. That's what that's essentially what finasteride does. It it inhibits the, the enzyme. So when your body's breaking down testosterone, there's an enzyme that helps, helps that. And that enzyme in that breaking down, it produces the 
the DHT. So what finasteride does is it, is it stops that enzyme from breaking down the testosterone. Um, we don't, I don't like that approach because I think that testosterone is a very valuable asset to your body, men and women, and you want your body to maximize it. You don't want your body to not break it down because our bodies are meant to break it down to maximize the benefits and the results of that. And if you start, if you start inhibiting your body from breaking it down, your body can't use it which is why there's a lot of side effects, potential side effects attached to but that. There is impotence, yeah. cardiovascular issues, yeah. apart from the erectile dysfunction, low libido, and then men lose their masculinity because right. you don't want to mess around with hormones. Exactly. You don't want to mess with hormones. So what, so what, our, what our approach is, is we, we, want, we just want to get the DHT off the follicle so the blood can start flowing back to the follicle naturally on its own. And then from that point, we start bombarding that follicle stem cells, probiotics, amino acids. So we start rebuilding the follicle. So the follicle can start producing its own hair again, and the body can function the way the body is meant to function. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we use a couple of different things. We, there's, a, there's a bunch of ingredients in, in our products, but the way we address that specific issue is with hyaluronic. We have a very high, high medical grade hyaluronic acid in our product, which I'm sure, you know, when your listeners, skin creams and stuff, but it's in our bodies, like eyeballs, joints produce it. We have a, we have a, we have a medical grade, which is 10 times the molecular weight of any of the hyaluronic acids you'd find in skin creams. Mm -hmm. And so what this does is it absorbs into the, the, the scalp and it surrounds the follicle and eventually the DHT just slides off. And then it leaves its protective coat so the blood can start flowing back to the follicle on its own. We also have like some peptides in it, which help dissolve the DHT as well. Um, Is this a topical now that you Oh, it's all topical. Yeah, yeah. So it's everything is water-based and it's a topical spray. So you just hold the nozzles close to the thinning area, spray just enough, massage it in and go about your day. The goal is to get to absorb into the scalp. So that that's our that's our whole concept and approach is that you know and then we have other things we do to help with the growth cycle because as the hair starts to get short as the follicle gets weaker and weaker the growth cycle begins to get shorter and shorter as well Mm -hmm. which is why people who their hair when their hair starts to thin they can't grow it long or it takes much longer to grow it long because the growth cycle is too short so we also need to address like that that growth cycle and, and kick in that growth the hair can be more fragile as well so even if it gets mm-hmm. to a certain length it just snaps because it's more fragile yeah that's because that has to do with the follicle health so mm-hmm. once we get the blood flowing back to the follicle the follicle is going to start producing that strong thick hair again so there when we talk about follicles it's my understanding that with the follicle either the follicle completely dies and then tough luck you can't really do anything about that right, right but then we have the follicle where maybe it's just not producing as much as it used to and from that aspect we can improve that yeah exactly well because once the way you can tell your follicle is dead is it's just shiny bald like it'll look like your forehead um that you're there's just shiny baldness and that's an indication that the follicle is dead now if it happens suddenly because of like, say a medication that's causing hair loss or something like that, the follicle is not necessarily dead. There, there is a dormant phase where before it actually dies, it goes dormant. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So if you, if even if you, you're suddenly like have like some shiny bald spots, it doesn't necessarily mean the follicle's dead, but if they've been there for a long time, then yes, they're dead. But in terms of it, the follicle being like weaker or not producing the hair, that's just because the DHT is cutting off the blood. Your, your follicle is being suffocated. It has like a blanket over it. So the blood's trying to like get around it. So like you're, you're only getting like a small percentage of the blood flow that it needs mm -hmm. to be a strong vibrant follicle. So once you get the, once you get the DHT off and you get the blood flowing back to it, then that's when the follicle can start to come back. Mm -hmm. We did early on though, we, that was our, that was our initial approach. And so we started, we started with that and we found it started working, but it wasn't getting the results that we wanted because the follicles, the hair wasn't being, wasn't, it wasn't getting results fast enough. And when it was, it wasn't quite thick enough or the quality wasn't quite good enough. And that's when we started figuring out like, well, how come? And that's when we found the stem cell solution because the follicles were so damaged that just having the blood flowing back to it on its own wasn't quite enough to really handle the the damage that had been done. So once we introduced the stem cells and the probiotics and the amino acids, then we actually started seeing like, oh, wow. So we're getting the blood flowing back to it, but we're fortifying that rejuvenation with all these other vital ingredients. Mm -hmm. So before we, I, I do want to discuss the stem cells, but just yeah. for our listeners, what um, Mariah had mentioned about the follicles going dormant or not enough blood flow, because I deal with a lot of hypothyroidism in my clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of the symptoms is like, well, my hair is thinning, my hair is falling out, or yeah. I've lost a lot of hair. And that's not only is it that dormancy that you mentioned, but when you have hypothyroidism, blood flow, everything just slows down. So that blood flow is not getting into the scalp and helping. And then when you improve basically the metabolism, so things are moving better, it starts to grow back and you get the little sprouts. Yeah, we have a lot of clients that are going through that as well. Um, and the thing is, is you're, you're correct. Like everything gets messed up. And so if, if you have like that DHT covering the follicle and you're, you know, you're forcing a certain amount of blood through, and then you start having thyroid issues, the amount of blood that's actually being forced through is suddenly drastically decreased. Mm -hmm. And at that point, people will see a sudden like shedding or a sudden, you know, loss or a sudden thinning. Mm -hmm. And that's why, because suddenly the the amount of blood going to it, which is ha it's having a hard time getting to it already, but then all of a sudden that lessens. And so it just is a, it's, it's a pretty drastic and fast change. And we have a lot of people that we help with that because one of the, since we're all natural and we're not systemic, meaning we don't enter the bloodstream, um, we won't, we don't interfere with whatever kind of protocol somebody is on to handle their health issues, you know? And in this day and age, we have a lot of, we have, you know, people, people come to us, we're, we're an all natural product. And since we're using stem cells and probiotics, we're like kind of on a cutting edge science mm -hmm. level. And so people that come to us tend to have that sort of approach, that kind of philosophy. They're Mentality. looking, mm. yeah, they're looking for that. Mm -hmm. But we also have a lot of people that come to us that are on a lot of medications mm -hmm. and they're losing their hair. <laughs> Excuse me. They're losing their hair because of their medications. Um, and so we can help with that as well because 
we don't interfere with the function of their medications on their body, but we can help counteract the side effect of the thinning hair. Okay. So how are you then administering the stem cells or how are you even getting the stem cells? Can mm -hmm. you tell me about that? Totally. Um, so all of our stem cells are botanical stem cells mm -hmm. and they're, they're sourced from, we actually source, we make everything here in California, but we source them from like Canada, from France, from Switzerland. I think those are our main, our main three places that we source them from. Um, we do have one human stem cell, which is called an adipose-derived stem cell in one of our products. And that comes, it's, a, it's donated from adults, 18 to 35, and it comes from fat cells. And I was very hesitant with that ingredient, mm -hmm. um, mainly because one is there's a lot of controversy around human stem cells. And even though this is not like embryotic and it's not, it's not even in that field of that concern, I think people sometimes hear that and they get freaked out. Then also they hear human like, oh, I don't know if I want that. But the, the, the studies were so compelling on their effect on hair that it just couldn't be ignored. Like if, if anyone just does a Google search for adipose-derived stem cells and hair loss, there's government uh, studies that come up and they're just so impressive that it just, it just couldn't, we just couldn't not do it. You know, Why just, is that? Is that the growth factor because it's a fat cell stem cell? Well, the stem cells are adaptogens. So they, they go into the environment and they, they adapt to whatever that environment needs. They're, they are kind of like little miracles. It's, it's really, it's really mind blowing how they function, but they, um, yeah, it's just a compatibility issue and they just, they just work. I, I don't, I don't really know okay. why, but the studies were so amazingly compelling that we just couldn't ignore it. Hmm. That's interesting. So, so we, we source our, our lab sources, everything, um, from other like medical facilities. When you that, say that one, specifically. what specifically are they coming from? I say it again. When you say botanical, what oh, plants botanical. are you specifically getting them from? And why did you pick those plants? Okay, yeah. So every every stem cell we picked, it, we picked it because of the studies that we found in relation to hair. Mm -hmm. So we have ginseng, we have uh, bamboo, we have a pea, pea sprouts. Those are the main. Those are the main ones that we're using right now is those those three the pandas won't be happy at all <laughs> the pandas won't but it's bamboo which is you know one of the fastest growing plants in the world you know yeah that's when you look at the resiliency of these plants and what they do mm. you, we really should be thinking well if that plant's that resilient i want to be that resilient so i'm going to eat that right. plant that kind right, of exactly. context it's a I don't know why people don't think about that because when we think about grass-fed cows well that cow eats well I want that meat but we don't right. think about that when it comes to plants per se oh, yeah so interesting yeah so how is the how are the stem cells then administered how are they applied well they're they topically they're in the they're in the spray bottles so, so we have them um, have like a half-life or an expiration kind of rate because 
they're because normally when we think of stem cells we're thinking of okay we're injecting them into subcutaneous or directly into the joint mm -hmm. or whatever so i know people are going to be curious about that yeah no that's a great question and those those are different those are different like that we're not using the ones that they'll use to like grow a heart mm -hmm. or you know for your spine um but they're they're so they're sent over to our lab in an airless container and then when we package them they're packaged in the airless pump bottle. Our packaging has no air in it. So, mm -hmm. and it's it's called an airless spray bottle. So the mechanisms of the of the bottle never allow air into the bottle. So even though you're spraying it, it never allows air into it. So they do, they do have an expiration of about two years, which is why we all everything we get is in very small batches. So we, since our lab is you know, here in California we literally order about three months worth of product at a time. So we're constantly ordering new product. And we do that to keep, to ensure that when somebody purchases from us, because people will purchase like larger programs, they'll buy like a two-year program, you know, and they'll, they'll do that because it's very important, at least in the early stages, to be consistent. Hmm. Consistency is so important in the beginning stages. So Are a lot of people daily, daily application, daily, yeah, every day, because there's a lot to do in getting that DHT off and revitalizing that follicle. It's a healing process and it takes time. So people will buy larger programs in order to ensure that they stay consistent. Because if you only buy like a bottle, that's great, you know, awesome. But then you might forget to reorder. You know, it kind of sits around. But when somebody buys a lot, they see it, they know it's there, and they, they're reminded that they need to stay consistent. So for that reason, we only order, uh, we order very small batches. Is there special, excuse me, special storage then for this? Like, does it have to stay in the fridge, out of sunlight? Like, what's the deal there? Um, no, out of sunlight, but, but like a, a cabinet's fine. Some people do like to keep it in their fridge. It's not totally necessary. Mm -hmm. Um we just, just the cabinet is fine. So how long then, if someone starts using it, how fast will they start to see some sort of growth or results? Yeah. Okay. So generally, so here's the thing with hair loss. Any program that somebody takes, starts or does, it's going to be a three to six month, you know, before you start to see a result, any sort of natural program. Mm -hmm. the, the drugs function a little bit differently. Um, but on any sort of natural approach, it's gonna, it's gonna be a three to six months as a general rule. Like if, but if somebody's, if, if somebody's been losing their hair for like 25 years, they're going to be at like the six month mark, you know, maybe even seven month mark before they really start to see a change. But if someone just started or they're going through some like heavy stress, or it's a very emotional time, they'll see, they'll see results like faster within like a month or two, mm -hmm. you know? So it really we on on our website morehairnaturally.com we have i have a phone number on top of every page top and bottom of every page and the reason is is cuz we want people to call because it's kind of like kind of like what you do we we it's so important to us that people get results but we need to like kind of help them along sometimes because people don't realize that it's a commitment and and we can we can help you get there but it's a commitment you know and so when people call we can say okay Great. You're, here's the program that you're going to need in order to see the results you want. And here's how you're going to want to apply it to get the results that you want. And then we actually check in. We, you know, I have a team here and that's their job is to check in like once a month. Like, how's it going? What are you seeing? Is it there yet? 
keep going. Here's, here's an adjustment. That's great. Keep, you know, kind of like an encouragement. Try adding this to your diet. Try doing this, you know, so because we want people to succeed. We want them to win. Our goal is to get people strong and out into the world and living their life and focused and confident and alive. You know, so so we're there because I mean that makes us happy too when people win. So we actually like to check in because we like to be part of that success story, you know. It's nice to feel like you're making a difference as well. Totally, exactly, exactly. And I always think in order for people, as in our clients and the people that are coming to us, in order for them to be successful, they need a lot of hand holding in the beginning. Like you have to be there. For me, I'm all day, every day. But then eventually you can kind of step back a bit and you know they've got into the groove and you can see that you've laid that foundation for the likelihood of success to happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, because it's it's personal for us too. I mean, I know we're we you know we have a website and people can just go to the website and order it if they want and don't want to talk to anybody, that's fine. But it's personal. We have a personal investment in every single person that purchases because like, yes, it's a company. Yes, we need to make money. Yes, you know, yes, 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 yes. But it's personal. We, we, we're, we're here to change people, you know, and, and our goal isn't just to sell products. Our goal is to get that, that satisfaction and that joy that comes with knowing that you've had a positive impact on somebody's life. So we do check in and we do, cause we, we want to hear it. And you know what, if it's not happening, we want to hear that too, because we know that we can help. So if it's not happening, happening, we want to know that too, so we can adjust and change and like get it happening for him. Yeah, I think everyone, including myself, can see how passionate you are about this. And you can't hide true passion. You can always tell when someone genuinely cares or when someone just wants to take your money. So, right. So, what else will impact the hair loss aspect? Can you talk a bit more about the lifestyle factors that maybe yeah. are going to cause more weight loss? Sure. Uh, or sorry, well, hair loss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. Um, and weight loss. <laughs> yeah. Stress is a big deal. Mm. Stress is a big, big deal when it comes to hair loss. Um, there's stress there's environmental, there's a lot of environmental pollutants in the air that can contribute. There's environmental toxins that can contribute. Um, there's like medications as well, side effects of medications, we talked about that. There's uh, diet as well. Um, but ultimately it's that getting that DHT off the follicle because there's a lot of people that we talk to that are you know, they're very healthy. They're eating great. You know, they're taking all kinds of wonderful supplements. But the problem is if that nutrition that they're providing for their body isn't making it to the hair follicle, it's not going to produce the results that they're looking for. And when the blood's not going to the follicle, that nutrition is just not making it there. So the first thing that needs to happen is that DHT needs to come off so the blood can start getting back to the follicle. And then all those fabulous vitamins and diets and foods that you're putting in your body, that can finally have an effect mm -hmm. on, on the follicle itself. And it will only help, you know, make it strong and produce better. Yeah. So the first thing is to get, get the blood flowing to it. 
So there is an aspect of malnutrition, regardless if you're eating healthy or not, because you mm -hmm. might have leaky gut, or you might have the, I talk about the triage system in the body with my clients. If there's something else that needs it more, your mm -hmm. hair is last priority. Like survival yeah. is first Definitely. and the hair is last. And a lot of people under eat as well. A lot mm -hmm. of people, of course, Western style diet doesn't play in our favor when it comes to having luscious hair either. Right. Absolutely. It's so true. What about lifestyle factors? Like, what about this just came to my head? So inversion, super popular with like yogis and whatever, standing yeah. on your head upside down, that's going to encourage blood flow to your head. Mm -hmm. Surely there's some potential there. You know, I have not researched that, but in theory, it sounds great. I mean, in theory, in theory, it sounds great. Totally. And, and I have actually spoke to people that they do that for their hair. Like that's something that they do. Um, and in theory, it's, it sounds really good. I've never actually like researched the actual effect of it, but I, I, I do know inversion therapy for centuries has been a valid therapy for a lot of people and has, has helped people. And a lot of people, you know, have a lot of great stories around it. So I would never tell someone not to do it because why not, you know, but I don't, I don't actually know the actual effect that it would have on here other than in theory it sounds great yeah like theoretically it sounds like it would work but yeah. not alone I do inversion with my clients regularly and it doesn't have to be your full-blown headstand it can just be putting your legs up the wall to encourage the detoxification pathways but it also has research that it turns off the sympathetic system so oh, when you talk about stress and the hair uh, and toxin accumulation, it, something that simple helps with those two, but also brings some blood flow back. Yeah. I mean, it's free. It's easy to do. All you need totally. is a bulb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And like, you know, and even, so even when the follicle is covered in DHT, there is a, blood is still getting to it at least in the beginning stages so the the more pressure you can put on it the more that will break through and be delivered so yeah inversion therapy is great that'll help increase the blood flow and bust some more of it through to the follicle uh, we have a couple of more questions if you don't yeah. this is super interesting but one that just came there as well because i'm always thinking of the alternatives those head massagers you know the steel mm -hmm. ones yeah what's the deal with them or do they work would they help <laughs> so the steel ones the, at least the steel ones that i've seen more just feel good they're <laughs> not they're not really going to help they just kind of you're like Ooh, that feels good but head massaging is great but but by massages move the scalp against the skull with the intention of increasing stimulation mm -hmm. so yes head massaging is is wonderful and it should be done you know every single day absolutely 100 percent. and ideally if you could have someone else do it to you even better because a head massage feels great everyone loves just that like like going to get your hair cut and they're just kind of like are washing yeah, your hair. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah, I'm like, oh, just a bit harder there. Yeah, yeah. She's I think she just wash a little bit longer. 
Yeah, yeah, my style is yeah. great. She knows I'm like, oh, just there. But then again, when I ask my husband to give me a massage, I'm like, oh God, this hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's terrible. So you mentioned amino acids a few times, and I know I'm going mm -hmm. to get this question, and you're probably aware of all the research that has came out about collagen and glycine. Recently. Yeah. So people are going to say amino acids, collagen. Where does collagen play into this? Um, collagen is is a very important element for for hair growth. The type of amino acids that we have in in our products, they're they're short chain amino acids, so that they absorb uh, better. They're not so they're not necessarily the same amino acids that a lot of collagens have. I know there's different types of collagens. There's there's tons of different types of collagens, but specifically in ours, we use short chain amino acids as opposed to the standard amino acids. But regardless, like getting protein into your diet is going to be important for that. Yeah, protein is super important. Protein is very important. Uh, Omega-3s are very important. Your vitamin, your vitamin D and K are very important. And your whole B, B complex chain is also very important. Those are do all. You, do you important. have in your company like one product that seems to be the most popular with people? We do. Our first, our well, the one that, yeah, we do. It's it's our More Hair Naturally Nine. It's the one with the green label, um, okay. and that that was the first one we released, and that's the one that really focuses primarily on the the revitalization of the follicle and the DHT on the follicle. The um, we always call it the offense because it's it's building up the protection against the buildup. And it's it's revitalizing the follicle. Mm -hmm. The other the other main product we have focuses more on uh, the growth cycle and kicking it into the growth cycle and trying to hold it there. That uses like different kinds of stem cells and signal molecules to help to help to help hold that there. So on one end we're rebuilding it, and on the second end we're kicking it into like a growth phase. Like that that's the ultimate goal that we're working to achieve here so do what if someone's starting to use these products or you're recommending them is there an ideal age that you should start at to get ahead of the game or if you start at say 50 or 60 and you already have some significant hair loss like like what is the kind of age range that would be best for starting well the earlier the earlier the better um the earlier you you address, see the thing with hair loss is it doesn't get better on its own. Mm -hmm. it, it's progressive. It, unless you take an action, some kind of action, it's only going to get worse. So, so the earlier you address it, the better. Um, a lot of a lot of people like when they're young, they kind of let it go because like, oh, it's just going to thin, whatever. They don't really care. And then when it starts to get bad, then like, uh oh, maybe I should do something. Now, women women. Uh, get faster results than men because women address it quicker. Okay. Women, their hair starts to thin and just because of the way society is set up, you know, it's not necessarily a fair, a fair thing, mm -hmm. but there's more pressure on a woman to have, you know, fuller hair than there is on a man. So when woman starts to notice thinning, she tends to act faster. And when you act faster, it's easier to, to help. So women tend to get better results. Men, they'll wait 20 years and then they'll be like, yeah, it's thin. And they're like, well, okay, we can help you, but 
it's not a quick fix. You're going to have to like go hard for about a year before you can start stopping, you know? So there is, there is like a difference. So the, the better and, and also follicles do die. So the longer you wait, the more dead follicles you're going to have just mixed into the mix. So the less, the less you'll be able to come back from it. Typical man waiting till like his leg falls off to take yeah, out. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's true, but that's, that's pretty much how it goes down. It is even with my clients. I'm like, oh, you already had a heart attack. Now you want to take right. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the sooner the better. But it's it's kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, people need to be inspired to to take action. Like when you have a toothache, it hurts, so you you're, you're inspired to do something because you're in pain. But when you're Excuse me, but when your you know your hair starts thinning, there's nothing really attached to it, so it kind of like just lingers and lingers and lingers until you're like, whoa, hey, I got to do something. Yeah, and um, but the I sooner think, the better. I think sometimes if we can just repeat, 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 like you have to take care of yourself, and it's important. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, that will be inspirational in itself. Yeah, totally, and it, it is important. And it's, but it's discipline too. It's like. One, it's like any any health, any body issue, there is a certain amount of discipline that needs to happen. It's not just like you buy a product, you use it for a week, and then you're done. It's like you got to be consistent for three, six, 12 months, you know, if you really want to see change. And then you can kind of adjust to where you need to be. But that initial, that initial out of the gate, it needs to be like a disciplined, everyday approach. Whenever you're dealing with any kind of health challenge or health issue it's a disciplined daily routine mm -hmm. that needs to go down I, I read this great definition of discipline that that changed my life um i mean everyone's different every every some things hit someone and some things don't but <clears throat> i've always had discipline discipline's always meant like i did something wrong and somebody's yelling at me you know yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so initially i was like no discipline like or someone's gonna discipline you and like instantly I'm like shut down like nope ain't gonna happen you know so even so when you hear self-discipline and stuff you're like yeah I get it but still in the back of my head I was like that discipline just has a like bad punishment like, yeah it's punishment right but then I read this definition of discipline that like just made so much sense to me and just kind of like changed my whole viewpoint on literally everything so the definition was Discipline's doing exactly what you know you should be doing at the exact time you know you should be doing it, regardless if you want to or not. Yeah. So, and I love that because it, it made me feel okay to not want to do something. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's okay that I don't want to wake up at 5.30 and go run. Like, that's okay that I don't want that. But I know it's the right thing and I know it needs to happen now. So I just do it anyways, because yeah. before I'd feel really bad because I didn't want to do it or, you know, or like, I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to do it, you know, as opposed to realizing, no, 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 it's totally fine you that you have don't to enjoy do it. it all the time. It's okay that you don't want to do it. Yeah. And then I read, this, I read this other book where they did the study on people who are very successful and people who aren't so successful. And they gave them all these, they gave each group like this huge list of tasks and the thing they found was that nobody wanted to do those things 
The very successful did not want to do them. And the unsuccessful didn't want to do them. But the difference was that the successful did them anyways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it was like, I was like, oh, it's okay to not want to do that. But you know it's right. And you know it's what should be done. So you just do it. You know, and that kind of changed everything. Had many conversations with like people in the gym or people I know who I would consider successful and on the same wavelength as me. And I've almost found myself getting angry sometimes and cursing a lot going, do people actually think this is easy? Like I would love to be at home watching Netflix, eating chocolate, but I'm here. I don't want to like, some days I do want to do it, but there's a lot of days I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to go shopping or something but I force myself to do it because I have the inner fire that I want to be my best. But sometimes I think like, do these people actually think it's easy to get up every day at this time and go to and be restrictive? Like I would love pizza, but no, I'm going to eat the steak and green beans here because I know it's better for me. So, but that's, that's how every, but everybody feels that way. The difference is you're doing it anyways. You know, everyone feels the same way. There's this, in this this book called The Compound Effect. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how, it was Darren Hardy wrote it. And he was talking about how uh, there's a difference between like looking for short-term gratification versus long-term goals, you know? So if you're just looking for gratification, you're going to eat chocolate and watch Netflix because it feels great to and sit it's on your the couch. easier option as well. That is the easy yeah. option. Totally. And then, but the long-term is like, what is my goal? So mm-hmm. where am I going to go long-term? So mm-hmm. if you, if you're always focusing on long-term, you take the steps that you need to take to hit that as opposed to searching for the short-term gratification, you're looking for the long-term gratification. But we live you know? in that instant gratification society with right. TikTok and the Instagram and like yeah. literally everywhere you look, there's a new bakery, there's a new food place. It's like go everything is you we can instantly give you that dopamine hit. You know yeah, that's and, yeah, and that's not gonna serve anybody in the long run. That mentality and that training isn't gonna serve anybody in terms of achieving a goal and or having the fulfilled goal. life. Yeah. Your hair is going to fall out too if you keep keep giving it temptation. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, that's not to say like, yeah, some days it's great to just hang out. Like, yeah, do it. And just know you're doing it. You know? You have to have balance. But you, if if you want to be successful at anything, you have to do the hard work and show up consistently, even if you want to bring your hair back as well. It all has to be consistent. And just when you're not doing it, just know that you're not doing it. Or decide that in this time, I am not going to do it, you know, in this out tonight, I am going to sit, I'm just going to binge watch TV. Yeah. And that's fine. Just decide and do it. And then you're done. You did it. And now back to it. You know, do you, I do have one more question and you can find answer if you want, but before that, uh, do you have a social media? I am going to share your website link, but do you have social media or anyone that we can follow? Yeah, it's just more hair naturally at like all of them, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, so I'll pop them then in the link. So yeah. the next one is just back to your acting career. Like sure. that must have been 
super interesting, but also I would say probably annoying as well. I find that if you're in that situation a lot, you probably have to pretend a lot to be someone you're not really like, you can't really be yourself. No, it, not really. Uh, it's, 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 you know, that that's actually the goal is to try to be as much of yourself as possible in these made up circumstances, you know, and then, and that that's what makes it fun is is that aspect of it you know I listed in the beginning so I was originally going to ask like do you have a favorite story or something of your acting days but then I changed my mind you were yeah. in Constantine is yeah. that the one that Keanu Reeves was in yes so how is Keanu Reeves I'm going to end it with this what's he like did you have fun it was so fun um and I mean, we're not like buddies, <laughs> you know, but like, but he, he's, he's always, he, he's, he was great. He was great around everybody. He was cool. He's very focused, very much there to make something great happen. And it's very much part of the team. And that's such, that if anyone hasn't seen that movie, like it's a really fun kind of mix between a horror action. Yeah. It's really good. Like perfect for Halloween now coming up. I actually got cut out. I didn't make it in. I had, I had one scene in it and it didn't make it. Well, it's still it was a bummer, but it was still fun to, to spend those couple days out there. Yeah, doing. totally. He has um, a limited edition Ducati bike, motorcycle. That yeah. I, <laughs> I, want I know. That. They're so cool. I, I follow them on Instagram. And yeah. those are so cool. Yeah. Well, this you ride? Is, I do. I have a ninja, a white one that I love just like for luxury, but I would eventually like to get a nice Ducati. Yeah, totally. That's cool. So this has been very interesting, actually. Um, do you have any final words of inspiration for people? Um I will I will leave with a quote. How's yeah. that? Here's, here's a quote uh, from, it's a, Theodore Roosevelt said it. Many people have said similar stuff, but I, I just found it very powerful and I try to remind myself of it. He said, the very best act, the very best decision you can make is the right decision. He said, the next best decision you can make is the wrong decision. And the absolute worst thing you can do is no decision. And I always love that because the idea that the two best things you could do is the right choice or the wrong choice. And the worst thing you can do is no choice. So, cause I've noticed that in my life, whenever I've felt out of control or depressed or confused, it's because I'm not in control of my life. I, there's areas of my life where I've made no decisions that I haven't decided one way or the other in terms of what action I'm going to take and having that indecision has left me stuck and stifled and kind of lost feeling. But once I start deciding on things, then it puts me back in control of my life. And so I sort of trained myself to just decide quickly. And it's okay if it's wrong, just decide quickly. Don't, don't think, don't ponder, don't try to just weigh out options, just decide, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're wrong, change it or go with it, either one, but just, go with it. And like, I always tell people when I'm talking to them about like a good way to start practicing is just when you're like at a restaurant and someone says, like, do you know what you want? Don't be like, uh, just, just pick something, just pick it. 
If someone says, do you want steak or chicken? Chicken, just, just to say it, just say it. Cause you know, the truth is, the truth is that little, that little, it only, it doesn't even take us a, like a millisecond to make a decision, but we instantly start talking ourselves out of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the faster we can decide, the truer that decision's gonna be. You know, because I, I believe that we innately know truth and we innately understand what's correct and what's right. And then we just spend all our time talking ourselves out of it. So if we can like avoid that talk out time, I think we'd be a lot better off. So by just like quickly deciding that instant, that instant little like twinkle or spark that happens, just say yes, or go with it. Don't even question it, just go with it and act. Yeah. That's a discipline I'm always trying to put in my life more and more and more and more. And I actually thought of that a few weeks ago. It reminds me of Jim Carrey's Yes Man movie. Is that the one where he says oh. yes to everything? Sure, sure. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to say yes to everything, but making those fast decisions causes you to take action whether or not you want to. You just have to do it and stop mm-hmm. stalling, like you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a wonderful book, uh, it's by the author of this book called The Untethered Soul. I I've think. heard of it. Um, and it, it's and he he wrote a, a sort of a little autobiography and and his whole that was his whole philosophy in life. He was a Zen guy in the seventies. He just wanted to meditate and he decided to just start saying yes to whatever life put in front of him. Mm-hmm. So like all these random opportunities would come and he would just say yes, yes, yes. And he ended up making creating a company that sold to WebMD for, for uh, I think it was $3 billion in the 90s. Um, and that was the whole time, that was his philosophy is just saying yes and following that path of yeah. where it would lead him. And that path led him to create this $3 billion company. It's definitely an interesting concept, but human nature is to protect us from fear. And even when I think about that saying yes to everything, I'm like, there's an element of fear there. Like, well, maybe I don't want to say yes to everything. Like, but but it's interesting. And maybe it gets easier as you get older as well, because we're more carefree when we're older as well. Right, right. But there is, it's so easy to say no. It's so easy to say no to everything. I mean, even even myself as a parent, sometimes like I'll just knee jerk and no, and then I'll be like, oh no, wait a second, tell me tell me why you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so easy to like jump into like the no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, especially when it's your kids and they book you everything, and you're just like, no, no, no. At one point, at one point, I said to my my wife, I'm like, I'm I'm so sick of hearing the word no come out of my mouth that I, I'm going to do my best to just stop saying it. I, mm. I can't handle hearing that word coming out of my mouth anymore. Yeah. So now, now I still sometimes knee jerk it, but then I catch myself. I'm like, well, wait a second. Tell yeah. me what you're thinking. Tell yeah. me why. Yeah. And then usually it's like, oh yeah, fine, go ahead, do it. You know? <laughs> but it's like the, the knee jerk of like, no, no, no. It's like, it's so counterproductive and forward and it's a terrible lesson to teach it kids too oh yeah it is yeah not everything is no well thank you for this it's been delightful um so i think it's going to be super informative thank you for some of your time have a great halloween because i'm sure oh yeah in la yeah
Well, we will hopefully be in touch again soon. And thank you. I, it was really interesting. More interesting yes. than I thought. So great. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Have a great day, Mariah. Thank you. Thanks.